Hey y'all, welcome to CrossPolitik on the Midweek Fix. It's good to be with you guys. Make sure you share the show right now. Click this, the share button. This, share. This, this episode is brought to you by what? that meat that Knox <laughs> brought into the studio. What did you smoke? Uh, some, some ribs. Some ribs? Some St. Louis he just, style ribs. just brought them in and instead of prepping for the show, we sat here and drooled and ate. I know. Uh, I'm full. I had, I, had to, I had to get my coffee to get it upper because I was going to be falling asleep. And if, that was uh, good. Yeah. Good. How did they get so much flavor into that it's, meat? It's amazing what, you, what God has designed with smoke and yeah. wood. And oh, wood. My goodness. And, and all that good stuff. And pork. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, club members, we are doing a 4th of July uh, Liberty Bash that we're calling. I think we're calling yeah, it 4th of July Liberty Bash. Yeah, Liberty yeah. Bash. For, for club members, sorry, it's club members only. Um, but it's only uh, for the first uh, 200 club members that can sign up. Yeah. So the only way to sign up is you got to go into the club portal. You got to log in, and you'll see the you'll see the the, and the page. Ask, they'll ask you for your credit card number and your social yep. security number and it's, your mother's it's, it's maiden actually, name. It's actually free. Yeah, have you baptized <laughs> your kids? Um, but you stuff. can donate at the link if you want to. But we're we're uh, gonna have it at my house. You'll it's get at all Gabe's that information. House. Yeah. We're gonna have we have a pool set up there. We're gonna have a jumpy castles, fireworks. fireworks. We're gonna do a live show yeah. at the Fourth of July party yeah, in front of every all our club members there. Be so, fun. so only two hundred club members can sign up. Yep. The sign only up reason, quick. The only yep. reason for two hundred because Gabe isn't a word of faith preacher. If he was, <laughs> we can have everybody there. Everybody <laughs> bring all the bread and you know yeah, just multiply just, the bread and get twelve baskets when the, we're all done. All the everything and yep. everything. All right. And so make sure you guys sign up uh, for that. We're excited to ha- uh, to be able to fellowship with our club members. What a better I'm, way to do that with the Liberty this Bash. This is a way for us to say thank July. you. You remember last 4th of July, what was going on? Nothing. Our mayor just <laughs> passed a, a enforced mass, uh, uh, mask mandate. Yeah. Two days or three days before, before 4th, 4th of July. Of July yep. right? Is that when he did that? Yes. Happy, what literally, sh- it's like July 1st. Happy independence. Cover your face. Yeah. What a short memory we have. So I know. Do not forget this. Do yes, not forget so, what happened this last year. And so yeah. 4th of July is a great way to remind ourselves what's going on there. Speaking of which, this is why we actually have Mr. Art McComber. He graduated from Hastings College of the Law at the University of California after receiving his undergraduate degree from George Ooh. Fox University. I don't know about California, though. He has practiced real property law in the Inland Northwest since 2006, bringing practicality, plain language, and hard knows attention to client matters. He bases his practice of 25 years of non-legal experience, including construction, computer and telephone industries, real estate sales. Hmm. He has published widely on real estate issues in the Idaho State Bars Advocate Magazine, taught contracts drafting at Gonzaga University School of Law and contracts for paralegals at North Idaho College. He's argued five cases before the Idaho Supreme Court and is licensed to practice in Idaho, Montana, and Washington. He's an avid reader, active member of the Coeur d'Alene community, and when he's not at work, he enjoys spending time with his grown children, and he plays a passable game of golf. <laughs> okay. It, it says, uh, Art, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic." Well, it's nice to be here this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to, to meet with you. And so you are running for Idaho Attorney General. What's that? And, and I think before we get very far, <laughs> we need to answer Gabe's question. Yeah. What exactly is an attorney general, why, and, and why are you running for it? Uh, The attorney general position is a constitutionally mandated state officer, just like the governor, just like the secretary of state. It is an executive branch uh, position. Yeah. And all the duties are outlined in the Idaho statutes. Uh, Basically, it's the top law enforcement official in the state. Mm. And you uh, you need to defend the state of Idaho, which, in my view, includes the people that voted for you 
And so uh, you can't just defend the governor or defend a state agency or, or something like that. That's too narrow a scope of the position. But it is the position that that is the linchpin of the Idaho Republic in that the job, part of the job is to state what the law is for the executive branches and then to fend off the federal power when when President Biden wants to come with gun laws, when they want to tell us how our voting laws should work, all those types of things. Um, then the, the AG is the person that's supposed to fight back against that and and prevent that from happening to safeguard Idaho's sovereignty. I, I like I like your explanation there that you included that your job is also to defend the people who voted for you. You know, give me, give me an example of what that, what that would have looked like this last year with this pandemic. I was very disappointed this last year that our current attorney general did not give the people of the state of Idaho a written legal opinion to an, to a 10th grade, you know, high school reader, a non-attorney, about the governor's exercise of powers. The governor made all kinds of proclamations, close your business, stay home, you can't go to church, Uh, practically go hide under the bed until we tell you it's safe to come out. And and our attorney general did not speak to the people about the extent of the governor's exercise of what he claimed to be powers. There was no opinion. And so it really got the people fired up about their rights, frankly, as it should have. Uh, but there was no, the people of Idaho are very reasonable people and they have strong values. And if you tell them why you need to exercise some power, then you could say the legal power to do this only goes to this extent. And then the rest of it, we're asking the citizens to consider because we have a pandemic, we don't understand it, we need to understand it. And until we have more information, we're asking for you to take what experts are telling us are reasonable precautions. That message would have gone a lot better with Idahoans than just ordering people to do things or not do things with no opinion from the attorney general. Um, so regarding Brad's emergency powers about that, doesn't um, Idaho still restrict Brad from quarantining the healthy and isolating the the healthy? Um, doesn't I mean, the Idaho code, I think it's Idaho code 56, clearly states that Brad Little can only quarantine those who are unhealthy and those who are sick. For the protection of the public. That's right. Instead, he kind of quarantined well, everybody. Right. You know, it, he, he quarantined everybody instead. Right. A, a quarantine is defined in the code as a place where there are sick people. Mm-hmm. And so if you just say every building in the state is a quarantine zone, right. and if you're in there, you have to stay there, that's just a misreading of the of the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, the attorney general had a duty to tell the governor, look, governor, that's not what the statute says. Mm. Uh, the statute says this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you really can't go beyond that. Now, if the governor insisted on going his own way and Frankly, we've seen enough of that. Obviously, he doesn't have good legal counsel now. Mm-hmm. The attorney general then, in my view, had a duty to go to the people and say, here's what I told the governor. Here's the extent of Idaho law for his executive power. And here's where he's going. I don't think it's legal. And then the real question is this. Would the, would the attorney general have the power 
to go to the judiciary and say, look, I think the governor's out of line. Will you please tell him what the law is? I already told him and he didn't want to listen. Right. <laughs> and is that what you would have been inclined to do? Well, I think absolutely. It's something that I would have had to do. Yeah. Um, the The attorney general position is, is an active position. It is not a passive position. You are the attorney for the state of Idaho. Right. You have to act to protect not only Idaho's sovereignty from the federal republic power, mm-hmm. but also the Idaho sovereignty needs to protect the rights of the people because it's an elected position. Yeah, I was just mentioning that to the guys before we got on with you, but I, I just taught a civics class this last year at our local uh, classical Christian school, and um, I was underlining that for the for the kids in my class that um, these other positions in the executive branch are directly elected by the people, and that's significant. The attorney general is directly elected by the people. And how often, I mean, I think it's pretty rare, actually, that we talk about the attorney general race. I mean, everybody's yeah. talking about the governor, maybe yeah. the lieutenant governor. But the fact that the founders of our state said this needs to be elected by the people because it's another check in our system against yeah. um, executive overreach. Well, and that's exactly right. And if you just compare it to the federal attorney general, remember Bill Barr under President yep. Trump, yep. Mm-hmm. he served what they call at the pleasure of the president. Mm-hmm. He could be fired at any time. Right. He had no duty to the voters. Idaho is completely different. That's and right. frankly, this is why I printed and I'm handing out these little Idaho constitutions. Yeah. <laughs> these we don't, are, we don't these use those are anymore. Our state constitutions <laughs> and I'm handing them out everywhere I go. Because I want people to read it, and yeah. I want citizens and voters to take account uh, of this document. This document is actually more important to Idaho than that other constitution, as I've taken to calling it. <laughs> but we're kind of past reading, though. You know, I mean, if you think about it, one of the things that we've discussed on the show was uh, we had Brad Little and uh, who's the other guy when they were running for governor, when Tommy Alquist on, um, yeah. on the show. And one of the things that we really pushed him hard on was abortion. And Brad said, well, ultimately we have a, a federal problem with that because if I try to you know, end abortion in Idaho, I still got to deal with the feds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But come to find out, like he doesn't have a problem not even following the, his own Idaho state constitution. And, and in, a, in this pandemic – he shut everything down in this health pandemic. He because, told because everybody somebody, because somebody might die because yeah. someone might die, and so he could have he could have easily ended abortion. Like Brad Little, if if he's going to tell you to not go to church, tell you to stay home, tell you to not work in the in the name of your health, well, he can save the fourteen hundred babies that died last year or this or and will die this year and end abortion with an executive order. And and that's. Um that's part of the inconsistency that people feel in their gut and they don't know where or when or how to express it. I think everyone knows by this time that there really is no federal power over abortion. Mm -hmm. There's really no federal power over healthcare. That Mm -hmm. is the realm of the state. Mm. And and in original design, Brad Little would be the one that would be helping make those decisions along with the legislature. The legislature is the will of the people. Mm-hmm. We don't really want the governor unilaterally making laws like that. You do need the legislature involved. Um, but, you know, the abortion issue is particularly difficult because it traditionally lives on the edge of, is this a crime or not? 
Mm-hmm. And if it is a crime, how do you punish that crime? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very naughty issue to deal with. But that doesn't mean the states can just walk away from it and not address it. Well, so is slavery. Um, slavery was a naughty issue. It is issue a state to deal issue. With. Yeah. Slavery was a naughty issue to deal with, too. And we figured that out. You know, so that's right. I, no, you're absolutely right. I don't um, think I don't think it's that hard. If it, if the per, if the thing inside of a woman is a human being, then we know what to do with it. We don't kill it, right? <laughs> right? Like it's not a. It's, to, it's actually not that hard. Its life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, what, so we, we a, have a duty to safeguard that life. Absolutely. Right. What, as Attorney General, could you do to end abortion in Idaho? I think what I would need to do first is to take a look at the laws that um, fund it. Mm. Um, there are federal funds that come in, there are state funds that come in. Um, but ultimately I think it's, I think it's a murder. I mean, you're, you're murdering a child after conception, you're murdering that creature. Mm. And so, you know, you, you, some people say, well, it's a woman's right to choose. I don't think you have that right to choose. It's not your spirit. It's not your little body that's conceived in there. Right. And for some reason, they don't like to talk about the rights of the child. So if, if you were to, you know, so again, go back to the example of the pandemic, you said you begin by sort of um, uh, publicizing what the rights are, well, you know, sort of what the law is. And so if you spent, you know, let's say you get elected and one of the items, you know, on your list is I need to protect the lives of these unborn children in the state of Idaho. You spend, I don't know, maybe the first year of your your um, your office, um, you know, educating people. This is a human life. Um, Idaho protects the lives of all its citizens, and so on, except for cases of abortion. No, no, it doesn't. That's what it says uh, in the Idaho Code. Well, now, but but not the original Constitution. Right. The original Constitution right. doesn't say that. The code changed it. Yep. But my my point though is is do you follow a similar um, pattern that you said you would do with the pandemic at some point? Um, you know, do do you begin asking the legislature? You need to pass laws to uh, to protect the unborn. Um, you need, you know, do you go to the to the court and ask the court to make a ruling on it? Um, how do you use your? I mean, po- yeah. I mean, I, I realize you know you, you don't win every case, but how would you use all the influence and authority you have to protect these little babies? Well, the you're right. The attorney general's job is to first figure out what the law is, and part of that is what is the separation between federal authority and state authority? I think in this issue, we're clearly within the realm of state authority, but there's a gargantuan percentage of the population that does not agree and does not understand. We've been trained for 80 years Mm. that the federal power is essentially unlimited. Right. And so we need to address that part of the argument too, because the attorney general can take steps within what the law is, but he can't make the laws and he can, he can advocate for a position, right. but he can advocate to the lawmakers, the legislators about that better. Yeah. And so part of that is to give the legislature a backstop in the law that says this, this will protect you. If you take this position, mm. if you take that position, not so much. Mm, yeah. So there are policy recommendations that flow from stating what the law is. Um, there's there's another whole thing that goes along with it is this theory of judicial supremacy. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Article right. Six of the Federal Constitution has been completely misconstrued, 
And the idea that everything is a federal case is just not true. And mm. so we need to educate about that also. And the, the, the difficulty with abortion is uh, primarily if you're talking about the vast majorities of the, of the country's population and, and even Idaho's population, frankly, um, they believe that the U.S. Supreme Court has the power to make rules about abortion. Right. They believe that. Right. Even yeah. though it's not true. Right. And so the best thing for the U.S. Supreme Court to do without going into the weeds on the judicial supremacy argument is to have the U.S. Supreme Court say this is a state issue. Yeah. Now, to some people on the left, that is the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the overturning of Casey, the overturning of all these mm-hmm. abortion cases that have come out of the U.S. Supreme Court. But that's not the case at all. All it does is it says these are state issues. And the fact is, Idaho has its own culture, and we need to respect the customs, the family orientation of Idaho. And that's going to be dramatically different than how California might handle the case or how Florida might handle the case. And and we need to start acting as if respect for state sovereignty actually means something in our conduct, how we approach issues, how we discuss issues. Um, it's, it's kind of a hot button for me today. You know, my, my dad always used to say, don't make a federal case out of it. Yeah. Well, Mm. he was a pretty conservative guy and now I'm understanding why he said that. It's like a, it's like a Jedi mind trick that, that the liberals have played on us for 80 years, which is everything's a federal issue. And you'll notice even the news, when you watch it, they'll say, Mm -hmm. oh, there was a horrible shooting in Mississippi. There was a horrible shooting in Texas. There was a very bad thing that happened in in Ohio today. And, And my response, frankly, is, well, I think the people of Ohio can fix that problem. I think that's for Mississippi Mm -hmm. to figure out. Yeah. I think that's Texas's issue to figure out. And, and we need to give the other states that, um, that room and, frankly, that respect. I guess there's, there's uh, one aspect where I want to kind of challenge that this is not a national thing, that this is a state right issue, because the, the Declaration of Independence guarantees the right to life. And so the only thing, liberty, that, yeah, liberty, <laughs> pursuit of happiness and all that stuff. But it says, you know, guaranteed um, uh, unable rights and a right to life is one of them. And so the federal government, the only thing they should be doing is guaranteeing a right to life from a federal level. So I, I, w- I would see that the, that the feds do have a stake in the game, which means what the Supreme Court ordered was contrary to the Declaration of Independence. The... The Declaration of Independence, and I'm talking in the pure legal structure, is not the law. It is the uh, cat's paw that we used to put Britain on notice that we were rebelling against King George III. Mm -hmm. And the law of the United States is the U.S. Constitution Mm -hmm. and the 27 amendments that followed, the statutes and the treaties that are created pursuant to uh, what the enumerated powers are in Article One, Section Eight. So uh, I, I, I agree it. with you. I understand what you're saying, but the um, the police power of the individual state is to protect, uh, you know, health, 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 safety, and nuisance is the primary thing that, that it takes aim against. And in this case, 
protecting the Article One rights that are in the Idaho Constitution mm. sufficiently protects life that I don't think we have to give the federal government any power over it. They can just handle their national affairs, give us national defense, yeah. frankly, protect our borders. <laughs> uh, they can't do their core job. Why mm. would we give them any extra work? <laughs> no, I, I, no, I hear you on that. So, here, so uh, you know, I'm listening to you and I've been listening to you for a little bit now and um, I don't know you, but I'm starting to like you and that bothers me just a little bit. Um, <laughs> we don't we don't trust people who are running for office very easily. <laughs> but, so here's some things like, you know, Idaho is, is an interesting place right now i'm sure you've seen that our lieutenant governor was governor for a day janice mcginn and when she became governor for a day she <laughs> issued a mandate to remove all uh mass mandates yeah. was it a government executive, executive order, order? Yeah. yeah and i just wanted to know kind of like what you thought about what she did and then what you thought about our governor brad little coming his in response. and then reversing all that yeah. and his response to that how do you how do you view that and then here's a third question on top of that Never do this. This is horrible radio. Um, mm-hmm. But the third question is, what would you do as attorney general in that particular situation? Well, first of all, we have to back up and say, what is an executive order? Because there is a significant argument taking place in states all over the country about whether an executive order is defined as Uh, the executive officer making an order that only impacts the workers in the executive branch. Right. Right. uh, Or if an executive order is actually the law of the state once pronounced broader uh, and affects all the people that are outside of the government. Um, Mm. I have not come to a conclusion on that because I think there's more study to be done on my part to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not one to make you know, broad legal proclamations without actually doing the research. But I, in terms of what uh, the lieutenant governor did, um, first of all, I think it was very bold. And I think she was saying what hundreds of people throughout the state that she has been meeting with. And I got to tell you, she is a tireless traveler throughout the state of Idaho, paying very close attention to what the people are saying. And what she was hearing was, We don't like the health districts that are unappointed people making decisions. You know, they're appointed by their counties. They're They're not elected elected by the people. We don't like them making these mandates. We don't like the school boards telling our children that they have to wear these masks. We don't like any of this stuff. And so I think it was very bold of her uh, to step up and make that proclamation. And then for Governor Little to come back in the state and overturn it, just instantly, I think was a bad move on his part because, well, first of all, you know, I'm a traditionalist, so I don't think the government should act at the drop of a hat. You know, James Madison was most concerned about faction and the, the, the passions of the people, if you will. Right. So I don't think it's good when the executive officer just reacts to cancel it. I think he should have talked to the health districts, talked to the people in the counties and said, look, is there a problem with this? Because, you know, the legislature didn't pass that. Right. They didn't pass something that would affect all the people that uh, the mm. lieutenant governor's order was directed to. Right. And so there is one question whether she had the power to do it. The other question is whether it was the right thing to do 
given the current situation with the pandemic in Idaho, I tend to think it was the right thing to do, but I don't think the governor should have just come back and smacked it down and then, you know, called her a bunch of names and said that it was a political stunt. I mean, that was just yeah. not very gubernatorial of him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, okay. and, what, and what would you have done as attorney general though, in that situation? Because it seems like your presence is needed somewhere in here. Cause everybody's making decisions. There's a food fight. Going yeah, on. Th- and no yeah. one knows if the law is applying to this or to that. So how, wh- what do you do in that situation? What are you going to bring to the food fight? <laughs> well, you know, um, well, first of all, uh, the lieutenant governor has come to me for legal advice before, and I have given it to her, and I have billed her office, and and that was in the Boise paper a few weeks back, and it's it's no mystery. Uh, what you need to do is you you need to figure out what the law is, and then give advice that they can use, and if they if you can't make your voice loud enough, then you got to find a bigger megaphone. I mean, frankly. That's a great question. Where was the attorney general during this whole dust up in the last two yeah, weeks? Yeah. Where's he been? I mean, he That's... he should have been out there making some statements so that people could understand. Certainly the governor nor the lieutenant governor are in a position to tell the people of Idaho what the state of the law is regarding the um, the executive order, first of all, or mm. this particular executive order, second of all. Mm. They just shouldn't be asked to do that. So, you know, as a politician, there's too much of this get up and wave your arms around mm. and not enough of this is why we're doing it, because it's the right thing to do for the Republic of Idaho and the people that reside and work here. Mm. So are, you said we don't have a, we don't have an answer to the question, though. We don't know. He's saying he's saying he's got to do more research on right, executive right, yeah. orders anyway. Yeah. So then, then but the question is, he's got to do more research. Then the, does everybody need to sit down for a minute? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. If, if if he's got to do more research, yeah. then you can't even say we're mm-hmm. shutting down our state. You can't say a mass mandate. Nobody right. should be operating at all if right. we don't know what. Well, what but it, you what also got to you got to understand the current attorney general <laughs> is agreeing with Brad Little every step of the way. But I, that's what that's, I'm saying. But he's just agreeing. But he's Knox, not doing. But Knox, people might die. People might die. We have to do something. You know, we were talking about this, though. <laughs> there is another years per life loss, right? So we think of only the pandemic as in people might die because they might get sick. Yeah. But shutting down people's livelihood is another way to destroy life. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so if, if you're but that's only. Not, but that don't be in the news. That, but that's how, you know, it's funny. Yeah. We got conservatives, but that's how liberals think. Right. Liberals only think one sided. Conservatives think, well, if I do this, what happens over there? Right. And if I they're don't do this. To. They're supposed yep. to. That's my point. Yeah. Yep. And so we have to say, hold on a second, guys. Let us figure this out real quick so that we can operate properly so that we don't damage the system. Yeah. I want to ask um, Art real quick about um, what happened with, in Florida with DeSantis. Yeah. Okay. The and, and, and then I got a quick follow-up okay. on, Art, on kind of my situation here in I, Moscow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, um, yep. I, I don't know if you, you saw this, but uh, DeSantis, uh, governor of Florida, signed a bill outlawing uh, trannies in, in sports. Um, I, I remember we had a... Similar. A similar bill actually come through Idaho, I think, last year, and I and I think it's gone now. I don't know where it is. What, can you explain Oof. what happened to our our uh, anti um, transgender, you know, athletics and bathroom bill? What what happened it's in Idaho? Five hundred. There were there were several uh, sponsors of the bill. The the one that I'm familiar with is Senator Mary Souza, who is now running for Idaho Secretary of State. Uh, put forth a bill that said uh, transgender boys, i.e. 
young men that have decided to change themselves into women biologically through some either physical alteration or drugs or some combination of medical care would change them into a woman or a girl would be able to compete in girls sports and women's sports. And this bill said, no, you can't do that. Okay. Um, the, the skeletal structure, the muscular structure of men and, yeah. and boys is significantly different enough from girls that they cannot compete on the same playing field. And so the bill was passed. There are now two lawsuits challenging it at the Idaho State Supreme Court. Uh, one is by, uh, I believe, the ACLU, who used to stand up for girls and women. So I don't right. know what's going on there. Right. Um, and the other lawsuit is from... Uh, Boy, I want to say a former attorney general. I don't think it's Leroy. Uh, I think it's I think it's an independent actor. But okay. there are two lawsuits uh, coming up. And, and, so and is our attorney general defend like defending the state? Is he? What's his role in all this? I don't think he's been involved, to my knowledge. And 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 really, we need to be fair to the people that are in office now. I am not privy to any of the conversations they may or may not be having behind the scenes. Sure. So it is, you know, as an attorney, I tend not to care what people say because that isn't what matters. What matters is conduct, what you do. Yeah. If you murder somebody and you're caught, you will be dealt with. Yeah. If you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, then you better have a good excuse, but it's your conduct that really rules. So mm -hmm. all the things that we know about the current attorney general is that we haven't heard from him. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what he's doing. What we do know is that he's not telling the people of the state of Idaho his opinion on what's going on with this issue, that issue. And that's his one job. Issue after issue. <laughs> he's just not, yeah. he's just not doing it now. You know, I understand that the current attorney general has been in public service most, if not all of his life. I think he worked at the Canyon County prosecutor's office. Then he went to the state attorney general's office. He's been there ever since he, I don't think he's ever had a private client in his life. Hmm. Uh Oh, it's freezing up. The attorney general's getting at him, <laughs> which means he never had got to pick up the phone. Say, say that one more time. You said, uh, you so said he, he's I, never I had a private client really in his life? Brings... We, we lost you just for a second. Would you say, go back to the I part? Don't, I don't think so. Okay. What were you saying after that? Because we lost just a little bit of your signal for a little bit. You said he hasn't had a private client in his life. Well, because because he's been in public service all his life, mm. I don't think his office is used to mm. the private sector pressures that bring the metrics of performance that are required. Yeah, to I got job. you. Yep. And the and the public outreach that normally a private sector uh, uh, company or organization would attempt to talk to its customers. He's not talking to his customers. He's not, he's not talking to the people of the state of Idaho. Yeah. So, mm. so this is really silly for this not to be happening, especially if he was elected. Now, look, if, if the constitution of the state of Idaho said Brad Little gets his own attorney and the state will pay for it and they're not uh, you know, they serve at the pleasure of right, right. Uh, Brad Little, then, then that would be a different story. But that is not the case here. Yeah. Mm. So, so one last uh, kind of train of thought questioning here. Um, you know, I was arrested 
uh, back on September 23rd for um, singing and worshiping in front of City Hall uh, while not wearing a mask and while not social distancing. Our city ordinance uh, that our mayor signed back on is like June is either June 30th or July 1st. I can't remember. Um, he signed this ordinance saying that you need to mask where you can't social distance in all public settings. Uh, and uh, while he, you know, officiated a wedding September 5th without masking and without social distancing. Uh, and there was a number of examples. Black Lives Matter comes in and does their own protests, that kind of thing. And uh, so our church was protesting this because it was an overreach of, of the mayor's constitutional authority. And so on September mm-hmm. 23rd, we did this publicly uh, in front of City Hall. We were singing, and then I got arrested for not handing over my ID. That was kind of the the technical um you know, reason for arrest, reason for arrest. Although, you know, my first amendment rights trump even that. Um, and so my case was dismissed on January 9th, um, on a Saturday afternoon, like at 4 PM in the afternoon on January 9th. And then, um, I'm now in, I'm civilly suing in federal court, uh, my city over violating my first and my fourth amendment rights. Um, as attorney general, you know, what do you do and what can you do in these kind of situations where, you know, an individual in a community had his First Amendment rights um, trampled on? Well, first of all, let me congratulate you because it sounds like you're doing precisely the right thing. Uh, Citizens don't only have rights, they also have responsibilities. And it looks like you're using the system responsibly to pursue a course of action to defend your rights. Mm -hmm. So that's very laudable. Uh, I also hope that your legal counsel is uh, including in that your Idaho Article I rights that were violated, as well as the federal rights that were violated. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of what the attorney general should have done or could have done, there's two things. Um, First of all, I think that he should have and may have, frankly, but I think he should have as a function of the job, spoken to the governor and the lieutenant governor and issued an opinion on what happened uh, because the idea of people singing in public and getting arrested for it is absolute nonsense, (laughs) start to finish. And then if the governor or the lieutenant governor declined to contact the mayor, then I think as the AG, I would have picked up the phone and called the mayor and said, that I don't know what you think you're doing down there, but you are encouraging a needless lawsuit by violating this man's rights, not only to religion, uh, but to speech, but to assembly. Right. I mean, there's just a whole raft of them, and you need to take a second look. And if you don't want to take my advice, please give me your uh, city attorney's phone number. I'll get a hold of them, and I'll let them advise you on on you know, the, the constitutional violations that you're stacking up here, mm-hmm. both on a state and a federal level. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a, there's a job of the attorney general to reach out to people. Mm. You can't just hang around in your office and drink coffee. You, yeah. you got to get out there. You're the lawyer. You have to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to help people out. I mean, we have made the law so complex. That's really good. That yeah. without a good aggressive mm-hmm. legal counsel, we're lost. We're mm. lost. Man, I, I, uh, how many other people are running for attorney general? Yes, do, do, do we know yet? Um, there is one other now. Uh, he is uh, up in up in Sandpoint. He's a good guy. I know him. Uh, he doesn't. 
you know, there are a lot of qualities that he lacks for the position. Nobody else has jumped in. Nobody knows if the current attorney general is going to run again. Okay. Um, obviously, I'm of the opinion that he should not. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are other people. I, I think what you'll see, gentlemen, is that this race will come up like many of the other statewide races. You'll have too many conservatives and they'll split the votes mm. is my fear. Yeah. And that the establishment guy will get in once again. And that is what we need to avoid as conservatives. We need to say, no, you know what? This guy's got it. Let him run with it. Let him go. Let him do the job. Well, and unfortunately, otherwise get out of the way. Unfortunately, the problem this this next year is is Democrats will swap switch over to vote for Brad Little, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, why would Democrats not do that? Yeah. Like Brad well, Little just governed the way they he want they would want them to govern. True, true. And I don't want to throw my vote away, so I'll vote for Brad Little. And this uh, this election will be uh, the primaries will be next, next May 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 twenty twenty two. Is that yep. correct, Art? Yep. Correct. All right. What's your That's website? Right. What's your website? Our Art? website yeah. is Macumber. A website is Macumber for Idaho dot com. It's M A C O M B E R. F O R Idaho.com. And there is uh, some YouTube videos up there. There's information up there. There's social media connections up there. Very good. Um, and, and when is when is this race? When is not the race? When is the election? It's next May. Next, next May. May. Okay. Yeah. So I hope we can get you back on the show to talk about other anything that you yeah. want to talk about, man. I love to have you back on. Yeah. This, yeah. We don't have enough time. Thanks. Come, come through Moscow, get in the studio. Thanks yeah. for being willing to run. Yes, yeah. and, thank and you. Serve our state. Really appreciate, appreciate that, that, Art. Thanks, Art. Well, I appreciate your time, and thank you for having me on. Mm. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them until Sunday. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's hot in here. Go yes, fight. <laughs> Laugh and feast. This is Cross Politics. Pray for our AC. We need air conditioner. More club members. 